0: WGSV!
1: Good evening. This is Radio WGSV, and I'm General Manager Carrie Jackson, coming to you from our whole backstage studio, presenting Charles Dickens' immortal classic, A Christmas Carol. But first, during this time of year... Director Johnny Brewer asks, as he has done in past productions, that we support two very fine organizations, the Salvation Army and the United Service Organization. The Salvation Army was founded in London in 1865 as a charitable offering to many thousands in need of common necessities and of common comforts, especially at this time of year. And founded in 1941, the year of our broadcast. The USO has kept our military men and women connected to family, home, and country throughout their time of service, no matter where, how long, or under what conditions they serve. And now, director Johnny Brewer.
2: Thank you, Carrie. On behalf of the cast and crew of Anthony Palermo's radio adaptation of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, it is my privilege to welcome you to the Whole Backstage Playhouse and the Dotmore Moore Auditoriums. From the Whole Backstage family to yours, we wish each and every one of you a very Merry Christmas and a prosperous new year. And now, sit back and journey with us to a time long ago, and as Charles Dickens prefaced his story... I have endeavored in this ghostly little book to raise the ghost of an idea which shall not put my readers out of humor with themselves, with each other, with the season, or with me, but may it haunt their houses pleasantly.
3: Good evening, I'm Dana Thomas and I'm the assistant director of our production of Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. On behalf of the whole backstage and our season sponsor, Sonny Lewis, welcome to the theater. What you're about to see is our adaptation of this classic by some of the most talented performers in the area, like the Bob Hope Radio Hour of the past to your favorite podcast of today, We hope to entertain you with the words and characters so beautifully written in the novella. But let me set the stage. It's 1941. No one has a TV, only a radio. Your family's gathered for the holidays. Your stomachs are full. You reach over and you turn the radio dial to WGSV, and you and your family sit back, ready to listen to a Christmas story. Our story is the tale of a miserly man who's come to realize the true spirit of Christmas. When Dickens' novel first appeared in London over 175 years ago, few observed Christmas and then only at church. Few employers gave employees off for the holidays, and the jolly celebrations of England's countryside were largely forgotten in the cities. But this Christmas story helped bring Christmas back to the joyous season of faith and feasting and goodwill that it is today. Dickens' Ghost Story of Christmas opens in London. It's a cold, snowy December 24th. The year is 1860.
4: Marley was dead. This must be distinctly understood or nothing wonderful will come of the story I'm going to relate. There was no doubt whatever about Marley. The register for his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Scrooge signed and Scrooge's name was good for anything he put his hand to. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. Scrooge knew he was dead. Of course he did. Scrooge and he had been partners for years. Scrooge was his sole executor, sole administrator, sole friend, and sole mourner. But never was Scrooge so dreadfully cut up by the sad event, but that he was an excellent man of business on the very day of the funeral and solemnized it by concluding a favorable contract. Scrooge never painted out old Marley's name. There it stood, years afterward, above the door. Some people new to the business called Scrooge, Scrooge, and sometimes Marley. But he answered to both names. It was all the same to him. On the day in question, of all the good days of the year, on a Christmas Eve, it was cold, bleak, biting weather. The fog came pouring into every chink and keyhole. It was late. And candles began to appear in the windows of offices, like ruddy smears upon the palpable brown air.
5: God rest you, merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's
6: power. <laughs> merry Christmas. <laughs> You miserable little beggars, get away from my door. Take your infernal Christmas carols and go away.
5: Sorry, sir. Merry Christmas,
2: sir. Good evening, Bringle.
7: Evening, constable.
2: He's a heartless old sinner, ain't
7: he? Aye, he's a one, That Mr. Scrooge.
6: Out of my way, Cratchit.
8: Mr. Scrooge, your nephew, Mr. Fred. Aye, Merry Christmas, Uncle God save you. Bah. Humbug. Uh, Christmas a humbug?
6: Uncle, you don't mean that. I do. Merry Christmas. What reason do you have to be merry? What right? You're poor enough. What right have you to be dismal? What reason have you to be morose? You're rich enough. Bah. Humbug. Don't be cross, Uncle. Ah, What else can I be when I live in such a world as this? Merry Christmas. If I could... Work my will, every fool with Merry Christmas on his lips would be pulled in his own pudding and uh, buried with a stake of holly in his heart. Nephew, you keep Christmas in your way and let me keep it in mine. Uh, Keep it, but you don't keep it, Uncle. Then allow me to leave it alone, then, and take a lesson. Much good Christmas has ever done you. Oh, there are many good things from which I haven't profited, dare say. Christmas
8: is among the best. I have always thought of Christmas, apart from its sacred name and origin, as a good time, Uncle. A kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. The only time I know when men and women seem to open up their shut-up hearts freely and to think of each other as if they were fellow passengers to the grave and not another race of creatures bound on one another's journeys. And therefore, Uncle, though it has never put gold or silver in my pocket, I believe that it has done me good and will do me good. And for the sake of Christmas and my mother, I say, God bless it. Here, here, God bless Christmas.
6: Cratchits, let me hear another word out of you and you'll be keeping your situation without a job.
8: Yes, Mr. Scrooge. Don't be angry, uncle. Come
6: dine with us tomorrow. Sarah would love to meet you. This is clear. You must hear this. I will see you in hell first. But why? We have never had any quarrel
8: to which I've been a party. I want nothing from you, and I ask nothing of you.
6: Good afternoon, sir.
8: I am sorry to find you feeling this way, but I made this effort in an homage to Christmas, and I'll keep my Christmas humor to the last. So, a Merry Christmas Uncle! Good afternoon, sir! And, a happy new year.
6: (sighs) Good afternoon. Mr. Cratchit, see my nephew out.
8: This way, Mr. Fred, and Merry Christmas to you, sir. And to you and your family, Bob. How is Mrs. Cratchit and all the other little Cratchits, uh, especially your youngest? Uh, What's his name? Tim, sir, Tiny Tim. He's getting
9: better. Yes, thank you for asking. Happy Christmas to you, sir.
6: Merry Christmas. Look at Cratchit, a clerk earning less than 15 shillings a week with the burden of a wife and family in Camden Town. And he goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips. Uh, two to see you, Mr. Marley's, I believe. Have we the
10: pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge
6: or Mr. Marley? Mr. Marley has been dead these seven years. Seven years this very night.
11: We have no doubt his liberality is well represented by his surviving partner. Uh,
6: Liberality? uh,
10: Well, uh, during this festive season, Mr. Scrooge, we seek charity for the poor and destitute.
3: You see, many are in want of common necessaries, Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comforts, sir.
6: Are there no prisons? Uh, uh, plenty of prisons. <laughs> and the union workhouses, are they still in operation?
3: They are. I wish I could say that they were not.
6: The treadmill and the poor laws are in full vigor, then. Uh, th- both very
10: busy, sir. Well,
6: I was afraid that something had gone wrong and stopped them from a usual course. <laughs> very glad to hear it
3: they scarcely furnish Christian cheer, Mr. Scrooge. Some of us would like to buy the poor some meat and drink and means of warmth. We do so now because it is a time when want is keenly felt and abundance rejoices. So what shall we put you down for?
6: Nothing. Ah, you wish to remain anonymous, sir. I wish to be left alone. I don't make merry on Christmas myself. And I do not have and cannot afford to make idle and ignorant people (laughs) merry. I help to support the workhouses and the prisons. They cost enough. Let those who are badly off go there. Oh, but many can't go there.
10: Yes, many would rather die.
6: Well, then let them, and they decrease the surplus population.
11: Good
10: evening, uh, Very well. You have made your views quite clear, sir. Good evening to you. Uh,
9: Mr. Scrooge, it's seven o'clock, sir, and it is Christmas
6: Eve. So? Oh. I suppose you want the whole day tomorrow then, eh, Mr. Cratchit? It's quite convenient, sir. Well, it's not convenient, and it isn't fair. You'd think yourself ill-used if I held back half a crown. Yet you don't think me ill-used when I pay a day's wages for no work? Sir, it only once a year. A poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. But I suppose you'll need the whole day tomorrow. Be here all the earlier the next morning, Mr. Cratchit. Indeed, sir. Thank you. And a very merry... Don't you
4: dare!
9: Yes, sir. Good night.
4: Scrooge took to his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern, and having read all the newspapers and beguiled himself with the figures in his bank account book, he went home to bed in his gloomy suite of rooms in a gloomy building. Darkness is cheap.
2: Scrooge liked it. Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge.
6: Who? Who's there?
4: The fog and frost hung about the old slack threshold of his dismal boarding house where there was a large door knocker. And now, let any man explain to me if he can how this happened. Something calling
2: Scrooge. Marley. Scrooge.
6: Marley, up, Marley, what are you doing here? Whew. Whew. Too much food upsets the system, including the eyes.
4: Ah, what a dismal old house it was, lost in a hidden yard where it had so little business to be. One could imagine that it might have strayed there when it was a young house and never found the way out. Nobody lived in it but Scrooge. All the other rooms were set as offices, silent and black at this hour. Scrooge hurried inside, closed the door and locked himself in. He double locked himself in. Scrooge put on his dining gown and nightcap and sat down by the fire to take his gruel. When suddenly,
8: what is happening?
6: Ebenezer Scrooge. How now? Who are you? Who, what do you want with me?
2: In life, I was your partner, Jacob
6: Morley. Can you sit down? Of course
2: I can sit down.
6: Well, then do so. <laughs>
2: huh. You don't believe in me, do you? I
6: do not. Why do you doubt the evidence of your own eyes? Because I, I've had a slight stomach disorders. Undoubtedly affected my vision. During hallucination, you were probably brought on by an undigested bit of beef or a blob of mustard, a crumb of cheese, or an old potato. That's it, Jacob Marley. You're an old potato. That's it. That's all it is. An old potato. Humbug! A lot of...
0: Humbug! Oh!
6: Oh, no! I beg you, please stop! How do you
2: believe in
6: me? Yes, I believe. I believe absolutely. Why do you come here to persecute me? And what is that great chain around your neck?
2: I wear the chains I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard while I'm and I'll never be rid of it. Any more than you will ever be rid of yours. Mine? It was as heavy and long as this. Seven Christmases ago. It's a terrible, ponderous chain you are making,
6: Scrooge. Tell me more, Molly, but... Speak comfort to me. I
2: have none to give.
6: None? Comforts
2: come from other sources, Ebenezer Scrooge, and is given by other ministers than I to other kinds of men in youth. When I lived, my spirit like yours never walked beyond the narrow limits of our counting house.
6: But you were always a good man of business, you
2: were. Business? Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. I failed to learn that lesson. In this time of year, I suffer most. Christmas time? I'm here tonight. To warn you that you still have a chance and hope of escaping my fate. A chance and hope that I have arranged,
6: Ebenezer. For pity's sake, Molly, leave me in peace. It was for pity's sake that I came here. Pity! I leave you with just the tiniest chance of escaping my fate. You were always a good friend to me, Jacob. Thank you. Thank you. Tonight you will be visited by three ghosts. I I think I'd rather not. The first will
2: appear tonight
6: when the bell tolls one. Couldn't I take them all at once and get it all over with?
2: The second at two
6: o'clock and the third
2: when the bell tolls three. I must go now. Molly, wait! I'm doomed to wander through the world in everlasting repentance. Remember what has passed between us. Farewell,
12: Scrooge.
6: Three ghosts. Three humbugs.
4: Scrooge awoke. He was lying on his bed, still in his robe. Was Marley's visit a dream? Suddenly, the curtains of his bed were drawn aside and Scrooge found himself face to face with the unearthly visitor. It was a strange figure, like that of a child.
6: Uh, Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold?
11: I am. I am
6: the ghost of Christmas past. Uh, long past?
11: <laughs> Your past.
6: And, uh, may I be so bold as to ask what business brings you here?
11: Your welfare. Oh,
6: much obliged, but I can't help but think that a night of unbroken sleep would be much more conducive to that end. Don't trifle with me, sir! This is a matter of salvation. Your
11: Rise, rise and walk with me. Uh, Where? There.
6: What? Out the window? But I am mortal and liable to fall.
11: (laughs) Bear but a touch of your hand upon my heart, and you shall be a parent in more than this.
4: As the words were spoken, they passed through the wall and stood upon an open country road with fields on either hand. A little market town appeared in the distance with its bridge, its church, and its winding river. It was a clear, cold winter day with fresh snow
6: upon the ground. Good heavens, I know this countryside. I was bred and brought up here.
11: <laughs> Your lip is trembling. And what is that on your
6: cheek? A tear? Nothing. Do you remember that path? Remember it? I was a young lad here. I could walk it blindfolded. And that
11: great mansion, a dull red brick at the head of the path?
6: My school. What else? The charity school for children whose parents were too poor to care for them throughout the year.
11: Strange to have forgotten these things for so many years. Oh, look! The school is not quite deserted. The solitary child, neglected by his friends, is left there still. A lonely boy reading beside a feeble fire. Do you know him?
6: I do. I am that child. Alone.
5: Ebenezer! Ebenezer!
6: It's Fan, my sister, my beloved Fan! Fan! She can't see
11: you! These are but shadows of things that have been. Ebenezer!
5: Fan! I have come to bring you home, brother dear. Home? Yes, and not just for Christmas, for good and all. <coughs> Father is a changed man. He's a new position, sweeping out a number of very fine commercial establishments. He is ever so much calmer and kinder than he used to be. He spoke so gently to me night before last that I was not afraid to ask him once more if you might come home. And he said yes. He sent me in a coach to bring you. It cost a lot, but he was emphatic. You are to come home and never come back here. But first, we're to be together all the Christmas long and have the merriest time in the world. Oh,
11: one. Dear Fan, always a delicate creature whom her breath might have withered, but she had a large heart.
6: Oh, she did. You will not gainsay it, spirit. She was younger, yet she was always my strong anchor. She was my pole star. Then after our mother died, she took on that role and she cared for me.
11: She died a woman. And had, as I recall, children.
6: One child. My nephew. Fred. Fan! She can't hear you. I I want to speak to her. Tell me, tell her how much she meant to me.
11: Oh, too late. Your chance was long ago. We must hurry on. Where? To a much more pleasant and festive place. Come.
4: Although they had that one moment left the school behind them, they were now amid the strife and tumult of the city. It was made plain by the dressings of the shops that here, too, it was Christmas time. The ghost stopped at a certain warehouse door.
6: What's this? Fezziwig's warehouse? I apprenticed here. What? It's old Fezziwig and Lime again at one of his Christmas parties. (laughs) Yo-ho, Ebenezer! Yo-ho, Dick! Heidi, ho, and chin up!
9: Yo-ho, boys! No more work today, me boys! Heidi, hi! It's Christmas Eve, Dick! It's Christmas, Ebenezer! I want to clear everything away before a man could say Jack Robinson! And make some room here before Mrs. Fezziwig, me daughter, and all of our guests arrive. Make plenty of room for dancing. Dancing?
6: (laughs) I am a good-looking chap. (laughs) Strong, too. I used to carry sacks around all day. That other fellow, I remember him, Dick Wilkins. Nice young fellow. Very attached to me, he was. Dancing tonight?
9: And tomorrow, here is a modest bonus for the two best apprentices ever to cross the threshold of Fezziwig and company. It's nothing, boys. It's Christmas. Clear away now. You want to dance, don't you, Ebenezer? Isabel will be here any minute.
11: Ah, Mrs. Fezziwig. Isabel. Fezziwig's daughter. You were going to marry her, weren't you? yes a young man with a future before you and a twinkle in your eye you are quite enjoying yourself
6: oh it was a marvelous party spirit with cake and punch and cold roast uh, mince pies plenty of ale oh, oh uh, look at old Fezziwig how he dances about oh, glorious glorious what a jolly time we would have
11: It was a small matter for old Fezziwig to make these silly folks so full of gratitude.
6: Small matter? Small indeed!
11: He has spent only a few pounds of your mortal money. And look, is it so much that he deserves such praise?
6: It isn't that. It isn't that at all, spirit. Fezziwig had the ability to render us happy or unhappy, to make our burden light or troublesome. Ah! A pleasure, or a toil. The happiness he gives is as great as if it were a... a fortune.
11: And where are you going? Oh, I want to see Isabel. Why doesn't she wait back? She cannot see you. Remember, these are but the shadows of things that have been.
6: I did love her, you know. Did you? Oh, yes, I... I loved her.
11: Then why did you let her go?
6: I've never been quite sure.
11: Then let us go and see.
6: Oh, Belle, as beautiful as ever. A penniless girl
11: who loved you. Let us listen.
5: Ebenezer?
7: Yes?
5: I've come to say goodbye. I'm going away, Ebenezer. You will not see me again.
7: You were going to marry me?
5: No. You found some other love to replace me. She's much more desirable than I am.
7: I I have no idea what you're talking about.
5: This lady. Here!
7: How shall I ever understand this world? There is nothing in which it is so hard as poverty, and yet there is nothing it condemns with such severity as the pursuit of wealth. You fear the world too much,
5: Ebenezer. All your nobler dreams that I have loved, I've seen them die off one by one, until only the desire for gain is left.
7: I've not changed towards you, have I?
5: Yes. You have. Your promise to me was made when you were poor and content to be so. You were someone else then.
7: Oh, I was a boy.
5: You see, your own feelings tell you that you are not what you were. And I see that all too clearly. And so I can release you.
7: Have I ever asked to be released?
5: In words, no. But in changed nature, Yes. In everything that made my love of value to you, yes. If you had met me today, you would not love me.
6: I would. I do. Shh.
7: I still do.
11: I'm trying to listen.
7: Isabel, I find it quite impossible to discuss personal affairs in business hours. Now please...
5: You see, if you weigh me by gain, I weigh very little so I'm not enough for you and I release you with a full heart for the love of him you once were.
6: Say something, you fool! Say something!
5: You may for a little while have pain in this, but it will pass and you will dismiss the recollection of it gladly as an unprofitable dream, well that you awoke.
6: Don't go, it's a mistake, don't go!
5: Be happy in the life you have chosen.
7: Isabel. Isabel, Isabel, Isabel.
6: You fool, you. Fool! Spirits, remove me from this place. I can stand it no longer.
4: Scrooge found himself once more alone back upon his bed. He drifted off to sleep only to be awakened again. By the stroke of two, Scrooge gradually noticed a great blaze of ruddy light glowing from beneath the door. Something was in the other room.
12: Scrooge! <laughs> I'm coming! I'm coming! Ebenezer Scrooge, come over here! I'm waiting for you. I'm (laughs) coming!
4: (laughs) He opened the door and beheld his own sitting room transformed. The walls and ceiling were hung with living green, as if it were a perfect grove. Around the blazing fire lay a feast of meats and fruits and a seething bowl of punch, and there sat A jolly giant, glorious to behold, he bore a glowing torch like that of Plenty's Hall and held it up, high up, to shed its light on Scrooge as he came peeping round the door.
12: Welcome, Scrooge! (laughs) Come over here. Hmm. You're a weird little man. I am the spirit of Christmas present. <laughs> now look upon me. You have never seen the likes of me before. Never? Yet how many of my brothers have you rejected in your miserable lifetime?
6: I have never met any of your brothers, sir. <laughs> you have never looked for them. <laughs> how many of them are there? Uh, what year is this?
12: 1860. Oh, well, then I have 1,859 brothers. Uh, Each year at this time, uh, one of us visits this puny little planet uh, to uh, spread some happiness and to remove as many as we can of the causes of human misery. (laughs) Which is why I've come to see you, Ebenezer Scrooge. You're a funny-looking lady. I must admit I found it hard to believe that you'd be as horrible as my brother said you'd be. But now that I look upon you, I can
6: see they were
12: underestimating the truth. (laughs)
6: Let me assure you, sir, that I am a man of the highest principles and of the most generous spirit. (laughs) Generous
12: spirit, you. You don't know the meaning of that phrase. But you're about to find out. Now,
3: drink this.
6: What is it? Taste it.
12: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you like it? It's wonderful.
6: I've never tasted anything quite like it. Of course you haven't. Uh,
12: what is it? The milk of human kindness. There are more good things in this life, Scrooge, than you could ever possibly imagine. I'm sure there are. Could every, I have some more? Every Scrooge, the sins of man are huge. A never-ending symphony. A felony. An infamy. Duplicity. And deceit. <laughs> and no one, no one's worse than you.
4: Although the sky was gloomy, every street choked up with a dingy mist laden with atoms of black soot. The people were jovial and full of glee. All the shops were open. They displayed great round baskets of chestnuts and Spanish onions as fat as friars. There were pears and apples and blooming pyramids and bunches of grapes, piles of filth. From the grocers arose the scents of tea and coffee and raisins and the almonds so white the sticks of cinnamon so long and straight the candied fruit so heavy with sugar as to make the hungry onlooker grow faint There were figs and French plums and poultry for sale in the poultry shops in a brisk trade in all of them But soon The steeples called all good people to chapel and to church and to the celebrations of the day.
6: What's happened? What's happened? What the devil is going on here? What am I doing here in the middle of the night? Where are we? Now, Scrooge, over there lies the
12: lavish home. Of Robert Cratchit, Esquire, who owes both the opulence of his surroundings and the magnificence of his uh, Christmas celebrations to the high principles and generous spirit of his employer. I want to look in the window. Oh, it will cost you nothing, which I feel would be good news. Good news to you. Will they be able to see me? Oh, no, 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 no. I feel it would be good news to them.
6: <laughs> I could use another one of them drinks. Later! For the time being,
12: I feel it's better that you see things as they really
7: are.
0: What has delayed your precious father and your brother, Tiny Tim? Oh, but here's Martha, Mother. Hurrah! Sorry I'm late, Mother.
5: <laughs> had a deal of work to finish up late last night and to clear away this
0: morning. Well, never mind. So long as you're home. Sit ye down by the fire, my dear, and have a warm. Lord bless you. No, father's coming. Hide, Martha, hide. Father! Father! Oh, Father.
9: Father. <sighs> Emma! Belinda! Why? Where's our Martha? Uh, not coming. Not coming, not coming upon Christmas Day.
5: Here
0: I am. Happy Christmas, Father. How did little Tim behave at church, Bob? As
9: good as gold, Mother. No better, ain't it
5: They sang ever so nice, Mother. I hope the people saw me in church, because I'm a cripple. It might be pleasant for them to remember on Christmas who made lame beggars walk in blind men see.
9: Press you, my son. See, mother, his heart is strong and he will get better, I know it.
5: Oh, for this smell, that goose. Look, look, there never was such a goose, never.
9: <sighs> my dear, the aroma of that goose, together with its tempting exterior and its size in relation to its cheapness, are sufficient to excite the admiration of the world.
0: And did you examine the pudding, too?
9: The pudding, oh.
0: Wonderful pudding, if I may say so, madam, I
9: regard that pudding as the greatest success achieved by yourself since your marriage. Now gather round, my dears.
0: (laughs) All right, everyone be seated. Here you go. Take your turn now. There's plenty of bread and potatoes for all of you. Eat those first. And later, plum pudding. I love pudding. Me too. Martha, dear, sit next to Tiny Tim. Make sure he eats plenty. We must keep him strong and well. If anything ever was to happen to him... Oh, Mother, don't even think that. I'll see he eats well. Here, Tim.
9: Before we go further in our meal, I would like to make a toast. I give you Mr. Scrooge, the founder of our
0: feast. Ha, huh. founder of our feast indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon.
9: My dear, <coughs> the children, Christmas
0: Day. It should be Christmas Day. Only on Christmas Day could one even think of toasting the health of such an odious, stingy, mean, hard, unfeeling man as Ebenezer Scrooge. You know he is, Robert. No one knows it better than you. There you are, scrimping along on 15 bob a week, just a pitiful 15 copies of your Christian name every Saturday.
9: Nevertheless, my dear, Christmas
0: Day. Children, we will drink to your father for all the love and happiness that he gives us. And to Tiny Tim for the health we wish him. And for the sake of your father, I'll even drink to that old miser, Mr. Scrooge. A long life to him and to us all. A merry Christmas to us all. Merry Christmas.
5: God bless us. God bless us, everyone.
12: What an unpleasant child! You know, Scrooge, there are few things more nauseating to see than a happy family enjoying themselves at Christmas. Do you not agree?
6: I think Bob Cratchit's really rather fond of me.
12: <laughs> and so is his wife. Couldn't you tell?
6: She doesn't really know me.
12: Oh, well, uh, that is one of the few things wherein fate has truly blessed her.
6: And, uh, what will become of Tiny Tim?
12: What's this? Concern
6: over a sick child? Have you taken leave of your senses, man? Don't mock me, spirit. Is the child very sick? Not that it's of great importance to me, but is he? Well, of course he's sick. You mean he's seriously ill? Will he live? Well, will he? I see a
12: vacant chair by the chimney and an ownerless crutch, carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the
6: future, the child will die. No. No, no, kind spirit, say he will be spared. What does it matter to you, Ebenezer
12: Scrooge? If he's going to die, then he better go ahead and do it and decrease the surplus population. Come, we have one more call to make. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
8: ladies and party. gentlemen will you please <laughs> honor me with your undivided attention the time has come that i know you look forward to each and every year in this house where i ask you to drink to the good health and long life of my
7: celebrated uncle lebanese <laughs> 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 I have visited you every Christmas for the past five years, <laughs> and to this day, I have never understood this extraordinary ritual of toasting to the health of your old Uncle Ebenezer. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows he's the most miserable skinflint that's ever one got that's yes, true. <laughs> Who's he? Oh, he's just a
8: friend. My dear Tupper, it is very simple. He is, indeed, the most despicable old-miser. <laughs> <life>. uh,
6: <laughs> you find this amusing.
8: <laughs> Believe it or not, he likes you. You see, i look at it this way. If I can wish a Merry Christmas to him, then I know in my heart that I am truly a man of goodwill. Wait, wait, there's more to come. Oh, do. Uh, I like old Scrooge. What did I tell you? Truly, I do. Anyway, that's the reason I ask him to come here every Christmas in the forlorn hope that one day he might pick up enough goodwill to raise his clerk's wages by five shillings <laughs> a week. <laughs> Fred,
12: I refuse to have
11: this Christmas haunted by Uncle Ebenezer.
6: And you, nephew, if you were in my will, would be disinherited, raise my clerk's wages.
7: <laughs> Fred, let's have a game.
6: Oh, oh thanks.
7: Oh, idea, Topper, what shall it be? How about our favorite?
8: Yes and no. Oh, very good. Have we
7: time before the meal, Sarah, dear?
11: Oh, ample time, husband.
7: Then permit me to be it, for I have a very suitable subject in mind. Oh, I know this game. I used to play it when I was a lad. I am thinking of something which is neither vegetable nor mineral, but animal. Oh, No, no, no. I'm afraid it is not. The creature in question has absolutely nothing to do with this blessed holiday. Here, Topper, no clues. Yes and no, that's all. Sorry.
10: Uh, Is this a live animal?
0: Yes. Uh, Is it in this room?
7: Oh, no. No. (laughs) Yes.
10: Is it in a menagerie?
7: No. I say it's rather intriguing
3: animal ever killed in a market no 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 oh but it is a disagreeable animal
7: <laughs> oh yes i like this game uh,
10: does it grunt and growl sometimes oh.
3: Oh, yes oh. does it live in london yes Oh, oh. i know i know does it walk about the street
0: yes oh. is
10: it a performing bear it's a bear, bear? Oh,
7: no know. oh topper is it a horse no oh. <laughs>
10: No. A pig? No. no. A cat. No. it
7: walks around it.
10: And is very disagreeable.
11: Well, does it talk? Yes. <gasps>
6: oh. Oh, I've I've got it, Topper. I know what it is. What? What? What is it? It's Fred's Uncle Screw. <laughs> yes! <laughs> 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 Bravo!
8: Bravo. Yes today, <laughs> I can tell. Meantime, he has given us plenty of merriment this evening, (laughs) and it would be ungrateful not to drink to his health in good mulled wine. So I give you Uncle Scrooge a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to him. Uncle Scrooge! Yes, Uncle Scrooge! Scrooge.
6: (laughs) Pack of fools! giggling and shouting like children. It is time we must go. Oh, we can't.
12: My time upon this little planet is very brief. My time with you, Ebenezer, is almost done. But we still have so much to talk about. There is never enough time to do or say all the things that we would wish. The thing is to try to do as much as you can in the time that you have, when I am gone, you must meet the third and final spirit. Uh, this one you will find less pleasant and kindly
6: than its predecessors. I, I don't want to meet a spirit like that. You have no choice. Spirit, forgive me this question, but I see something not of yourself. Just there at the foot of your robe. Is it a foot or a claw? It might be a claw
12: for all the flesh there is upon it. Look close. Don't turn away. I command
6: you to look. Or oh, two frightful, hideous. Miserable children, yellow, meager, scowling, wolfish. No, no, on closer inspection, I find that they are charming, fine, young. No, that's a lie, they are not fine. Their eyes are empty of hope or laughter. They are poor, pale creatures, stunted, starving spirit. Are they yours?
12: They are mankind's. The boy is ignorance. The girl is want. Have you no blessing for them? Not enough. In this world there is never enough. Once a year they cling to me seeking
6: rescue from those who created them. And Remainder of the year, whose responsibility are they? I told you they are man's! Dear God, they are so wretched. Have they no refuge? No help at all? You know the answer. I do not. You do?
12: Are there no prisons? (laughs) Are there no workhouses? (laughs) Of course there are. them God, take them. Minister to their needs. Just keep them out of sight, where the gentlefolk don't have to look at them.
6: Spirit, oh, don't leave me here. I'm frightened! Spirit!
4: And with that, the ghost of Christmas present dissolved into the mist, and Scrooge stood alone upon the street. Then, in darkness, a specter slowly, gravely, silently approached. Scrooge beheld the third spirit, a solemn phantom, shrouded in black, draped and hooded, floating like mist along the ground coming towards him. Scrooge bent down upon his knees, for the mysterious presence filled him with a solemn dread.
6: Spirit. Am I now in the presence of the ghosts of Christmas yet to come?
0: You,
6: you, you are about to show me shadows of the things that have not yet happened, but will happen in time to come. Spirit, will you not speak to me? Oh, ghost of Christmas future, I fear you more than any other spectre I've seen. But as I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live to be another man than what I was. Lead on, then! The night is waning fast, and it's precious time for me. Lead on!
4: Scrooge and the spirit left the busy scene and went to an obscure part of town. There the ways were foul and narrow, the shops and houses wretched, the people half-naked, drunken, ugly. Alleys and tenements, like so many cesspools, disgorged their offenses of odor and dirt and life upon the scraggling streets. Deep in this quarter of crime and filth and misery, there was a shop where iron and old rags and bottles and bones were sold.
12: Well, tis me favorite land, yes. You got some floral joe, have you? Oh, plenty. Hey <laughs> I mean, look. The child woman too and the undertaker's man. the Everybody's <laughs> gather. Help me to gather.
11: <laughs> Don't be so high and mighty, Joe. We all have the right. Every person has a right to look for himself. Ain't Him I always dead true? Very true.
12: You bring me stolen goods don't like those stolen goods.
10: Ah, come on, Joe. (laughs) Who's the worst for the loss of a few cheap things? Not a dead man, I suppose. And no one's the wiser. There wasn't a soul with him when he croaked, and we only came in after. (laughs) Them to tidy up the place, and me to tidy up him.
11: Oh, if he wanted some things around after he died, well, why didn't he act like it when he was alive? If he'd been natural, somebody would have been there to look after him when he was struck with death. But he gassed out his last, all alone.
10: By himself.
11: And that's the truest word whatever was spout. It's a judgment on him. So, let's do
12: now. Open me, bundle Joe. let me know the value of it. No, 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 the smallest first. Yeah. Oh, looks like you, Undertaker. Uh, what you got there?
10: Uh, I was busier than they were, but all I got was a seal or two, a, a pencil case, a pair of uh,
12: sleeve buttons, and a brooch. Of no great value. Oh, be serious, <laughs> Joe. Oh, that's your payment. Not another sixpence, even if you bail me an ale. There's risk here. It's stolen goods, you know. All right, you next, Missy.
11: Well, some of us did what we were supposed to. And got taken advantage of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a fine bed sheet. And six teaspoons. And look here. Silver tongs. Oh, sugar
12: nice, tongs. Mom, pure yeah. silver. <laughs> I always give too much to the ladies. It's a weakness of mine. <laughs> There's the way I'll ruin myself. Come on, Jack. That's your count. But, Jack! I'll me for another penny, and I'll repent of being so liberal. Uh, I'll knock off half a crown. Uh, all right, Mrs. Dilday. <laughs> what do you call these things? Uh, bed curtains? Aye, bed curtains. The finest. <laughs> you mean to tell me you took them down rings and all? With them lying there? Well, I do. Why not? You were born to make a fortune, Mrs. Dilber. You probably will.
11: Oh <laughs> Well, I surely will hold my hand back when I can get something by reaching out with it, eh? <laughs> Especially around the likes of him. Now, don't get done on them blankets, okay, oh,
12: His blankets?
11: <laughs> well, whose else do you think? He isn't likely to take home without him, my dare
12: say. <laughs> I hope he didn't die of anything catchy.
11: <laughs> well, this is the end of it then. I give you the dead departed. He frightened everyone away from us when he was alive, but he drew us to him with his death. The dead departed. The dead departed. The, the dear, dear
12: departed.
6: I see, Spirit. The way is coming clear. The case of this unhappy man might very well be my own. My life tends that way. But those are greedy people greedy and wicked, is there no tenderness connected with this man's death? Let me see some tenderness connected with death. Spirit, why are we once again in the home of Bob Cratchit? Why is it so quiet? Why so sad? Spirit, what kind of Christmas day is this?
0: Mother? Uh, The close work hurts my eyes, that's all.
6: It isn't the sewing, is it, Spirit? It's the empty place, beside the fire.
0: There, that's better. Are my eyes red? No, mother. Good. I wouldn't want to show red eyes to your father when he comes home. Not for the world. It must be nearly
5: his time. Passer, rather, but he walks so than he used to, mother.
0: I have known him to walk with with Tim upon his shoulder and move very fast indeed. So have I, often. So have we all, Mother. But he was very light to carry. His father loved him so much that it was no trouble, no trouble at all. He's home. Welcome home, my dear. Your tea is ready, piping hot. Did you go there today, Robert?
9: Yes, my dear. On the way home, I wish you could have gone with me. It would have done you good to see how green a place it is, even in winter. (laughs) But you'll see it often. I promised him I would walk there every Sunday. My child,
6: my little child. Spectre, something informs me that our moment of parting approaches. Therefore, I must know. Are these the shadows of things that will be? Or are they merely the shadows of things that only may be? Can I change them with a changed life? You must tell me, Spirit. If I am to correct my life, I must have an answer. And one more though I fear I already know it. Who was that dead man those vultures derided even as they stole from him? Spirit, I plead with you. The name! A dismal, ruinous churchyard, desolate,
4: lonely, crumbling graves. In mist, the spirit points to a tombstone, and a crumbling mound appears.
6: Here, here then, this is that wretched man. He lay underneath the ground, this grave. Before I draw near to that stone, tell me, Spirit, are these the shadows of things that will be? Or are they merely the shadows of things that only. maybe?
4: Scrooge kneels down. He brushes a palm across the stone and quietly reads the name. His face turns to a chalky dust of disbelief
6: and horror. Ebenezer Scrooge. I am that man. The one they plundered because it made no difference. The ones they mocked on the steps of the exchange. No, no spirit, hear me, hear me. I am not the man that I was. I will not be the man that I would have been if not for these visitations. There must be hope. Why else would you show me all this? I will change! I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all year long. The spirits of Christmas, past, present, and future will live and strive within me. I'll not strike out the lessons that they teach. Only tell me it's possible. Tell me so that I may sponge the writing from this stone. Ah, uh, uh, tell me. The stone, where's the stone? This is my bedpost. in my bed, my room. I'm alive. I'm alive. There are no chains. It's all right. It's all true. It's all happened, and the shadows of things that maybe can be dispelled, they will be. Oh Jacob Molly! heaven in Christmas time, be praised! I see it on my knees, oh Jacob, on my knees! But I don't know what to do. I'm as giddy as a schoolboy, I'm as merry as a drunken man, I, I'm as happy as an angel. I feel like laughing out loud. Ha! 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 Ah!
4: <laughs> Truly, for a man who had been out of practice for so many years. It was a splendid laugh. A most illustrious laugh. The father of a long, long line of brilliant
6: laughs. But I don't know what today is. I don't know how long I've been amongst the spirits. Oh, glorious light, heavenly skies, fresh air. Ah, the window. Whoop! Hello! Hello out there! Ah, ah, no fog, no mist, clear bracing air, golden sunlight, heavenly skies, merry bells, oh! Glorious, glorious! Oh, boy, 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 what day is it? Today. Today?
5: Why, it's Christmas, of course. Oh,
6: Christmas Day. I haven't missed it. Ha! The spirits have done it all in one night. Well, they can do what they like, can't they? Uh, they certainly can. Uh, oh, hello there, my fine young fellow.
5: Hello. Uh,
6: you know the butchers in the next block.
5: I should hope so. Well,
6: what a remarkable boy. An intelligent boy. Uh, do you happen to know if they've sold the prized turkey? Not the big one, the enormous one.
11: What?
5: Do you mean the one as
6: big as me? Ha! <laughs> oh, what a wonderful boy! So 'tis a pleasure to talk to him. Yes, that's the one. It's still there. Good. Go and buy it.
11: What's that?
6: Here are two sovereigns. Go and wake the butcher and tell him to open his shop. Wake Mister Pringle, the toy maker, and tell him to meet me here. Deliver the turkey to Bob Cratchit's in Camden Town. Don't let him know who sent it. Ha, go on, run, 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 run. what a lovely boy. I think I'm going to like children. He prepared
4: himself to go out into the streets. Shaving was not an easy task, for his hand continued to shake very much, and shaving requires attention, even if you aren't dancing about while you're at it. But if he had cut off the tip of his nose, he would have put a piece of sticking plaster on it and been quite satisfied.
6: There you are, Pringle. Ha! I shall require the assistance of you in purchasing some of your delightful items from your establishment. I'll have a a hobby horse and uh, some flutes and a Trumpets, a a doll, oh, some bows and arrows, yes. I must have a a cricket bat and a a horse, a spinning top, a piano, yes. A a few more dolls, several kites, toy, horse, some boats. Now, how much is all that? Oh, never mind, never mind. mind. Here are some sovereigns and you can keep the change. Thank you, Mr. Scrooge. Hey Pringle, I shall require the service of several small boys to help me transport these delightful items to their destinations, each boy shall receive a half a
7: crown. Uh, half a crown? Uh, yes, Mr. Scrooge. Mr. Scrooge, what has happened?
6: Oh, what's happened is perfectly simple, Pringle. Christmas, my dear fellow, it's Christmas! Uncle
8: Ebenezer? Sarah, look, it's Uncle Ebenezer. I didn't expect to see you on the streets of London on Christmas Day.
6: Merry Christmas, my dear nephew, and to your enchanting wife. I was just on my way to your house with some presents. These are for you. From an old fool. Who deeply regrets the Christmas has gone by that he might have been able to share with you? And this, this is for you, my dear, a sort of belated wedding present. Oh,
3: Uncle Ebenezer, thank you. Christmas lunch is sharp at three. May we expect you?
6: You may. I'll be there. Oh, you are a pretty girl.
4: By mere chance, Scrooge came upon the two charity seekers. He had dismissed
6: yesterday, but today. There you are. Don't you try to sneak away. Come to my office Monday morning and I'll give you a 100 guineas for your favorite charity. And uh, the same every Christmas. Uh,
2: Lord
10: bless me, Mr. Scrooge. Are you serious?
6: If you please, not a farthing less, a great many payments will be included in it, I can assure
10: you. Uh, My dear sir, I, I don't know what to say.
6: Then don't say anything. Just come and see me. Bless you. Both.
4: He went to church and walked about the streets. He watched the people and patted children on the head. He questioned beggars and looked into kitchens of houses and up to the windows and found everything that could yield him pleasure. He had never dreamed that any walk, that anything could bring him so much happiness. The next morning, Scrooge was early at the office if he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late. That was the one thing he'd set his heart upon. And was Bob ever so late? The clock struck nine. No Bob. A quarter past. No
6: Bob. Finally. Mr. Cratchit? What do you mean by coming in this time of day?
9: I am very sorry, sir. I am behind my time. It shall not be repeated. I was
6: making rather merry yesterday, sir. Bob Cratchit! I'll not stand for this any longer. And therefore, and therefore, I am about to raise your salary. Oh, please, sir. You're not, you're not. Going to raise my salary? But sir! A merry Christmas, Bob Cratchit! A merrier Christmas than I've given you in many a year. Yes, I'll raise your salary and endeavor to assist your struggling family. And we will find the right doctors to help get Tiny Tim Will. We will, Bob.
4: Scrooge was better than his word. He did that and infinitely more. He became as good a master and as good a man as the good old city knew, or any good old city, town, and borough in this good old world. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he became as a second father. (laughs) Some people laugh to see the alternation in Ebenezer Scrooge But he let them laugh. He had no further dealings with spirits. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. If any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of us. All of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed.
5: God bless us, everyone.
4: God bless bless us. us. everyone
3: Thank you. Thank you. Before our cast takes their bows, if we have brought you and your family with Christmas cheer, you only have to thank Charles Dickens, the founder of our feast of the fairy tale of the ages. And now I present to you our cast.
1: WGSV studio at the whole backstage, this has been a very merry production of A Christmas Carol. I'm Carrie Jackson. Good night.